Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Latina to Latina. If your cool tía didn't teach you how to apply the perfect red lip, then Iricel Pueyo will. On YouTube, Iricel's mix of beauty know-how, humor, and honesty, she will legit tell you when a product just isn't worth the money, has earned her over 1 million loyal subscribers. Welcome to the crazy family. And if you've already been here, it's our third part of the family. I gotta give you a head swing. That means you already know you're part of the family. Today's video, I'm very excited because we partnered up with Bobby Brown for Hispanic Heritage Month. It's like so cool because it's my cultura and it's like celebrating me and I'm working wide around. Like that's bomb. I got all twisted, Irisel, because I know you as Iris Belin, because that is your handle on Instagram. I feel like I I, I'm, you're living a lie. I know. When people put me there, like, wait, it's not Iris Belin. And I'm like, no, it's Irisel. And the Belin is my second name. And they're like, oh. oh. Mm -hmm. Does that afford you a little bit of privacy? Yes, because they don't know. They think it's Iris Belin, everything. I'm like, no, it's Irisel. How often are you in full face? Once a week. Really? Yeah, I'm sweating. Like, I'm sweating now. I'm sweating all day. No, But I your can't. skin looks perfect right Thank now. Thank you, because I use, uh, what's my favorite? First aid skincare. So I put on a full face of makeup for you. Oh, and you, you look show beautiful. Yeah, Thank you. You look beautiful. Thanks. You look beautiful. I, I basically begged for that compliment. <laughs> you look beautiful. You look beautiful. I'm like sweating right now. No, you look like dewy and it's It's, it's so sweat. It's so sweat. So sweat. You were born in Panama. Mm -hmm. What's your earliest memory of Panama? Fun. It was such a, like... I was a kid. I feel like now kids don't have that. What we had, like, when I was growing up, I remember getting dirty, going outside, playing, going outside with my little panties and the little, like, to, like that was me. And my mom would let me be free, be myself, my hair all crazy. Just happiness. That's what I remember being with my family. Mm -hmm. So you go to high school. Uh -huh. You graduate from high school. Uh -huh. Then what happens? Nothing. I was a bum. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I told my mom I wanted to do makeup, but she's like, what are we gonna do? I'm like, I don't know. So I was, I used to just stay at home until my mom, I didn't work, my family used to work, I used to be at home, be a bum, literally. And 18 years old came, and my brother was like, okay, we need to do something with this child because we're not gonna be taking care of her. And I was like, okay, whatever. So my mom made me work into cherries. I was picking cherries and sorting cherries for 13 hours. Yeah, literally, like, standing up sorting chairs with worms and all that that was my first job mm -hmm. and then from Is there that what your mom did yeah in stockton it's like you need to find it where you get it kind of thing and um that's what i did and in that moment i was like i need to do something for my life because i don't see myself doing this so that was my first job and then from there kind of went but i still love makeup no wait no 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 you do not jump <laughs> From sorting cherries to being a YouTube sensation. Okay, right. so you're sorting the cherries, uh -huh. and then what's the next job? So then sorting cherries, I think cherry season is like three to four months or six months. I think it's four months. So we sorted cherries, all that. My second job after that was Pizza Hut. I was in Pizza Hut for a cute two years. The cashier? And think about that. The next time I'm like, where's my pizza? I bet like, right. this person could be a huge star. I don't like, know. Right? Um... Yeah, Pizza Hut for like two years, and I would still wear makeup there. It would be, so, you know how so you see me just have my meltdown. Um, and they're sweating, but I have mascara, lipstick, everything with my Pizza Hut hat all the time. Yeah, Pizza Hut, and then what was the next thing? It was Torrid, it was a store, the mall, then Edible Arrangements, and then MAC Cosmetics. MAC Cosmetics is what really took me there. 
Correct. Okay, but how did you make the jump from edible arrangements to MAC Cosmetics? Um, I used to, well, I was at Torrid, and Torrid was in the mall. So I remember one time I needed to, I, I forgot my pink lipstick that I was wearing. Pink Neville by MAC, I never forget. And uh, that day I'm going into work, and I was like, oh, let me stop at the MAC counter. So I've stopped there, and I saw, like, I used to know everybody from the MAC counter. And nobody was there. It was like all new people. And I was like, wait a minute. What, who's here whatever? And then this lady looked at me and she goes, oh, what's your name? And I look at her and I'm like, why? Because <laughs> I've never seen her before. And it's crazy that, you know, she offered me a job because I didn't think the way that I responded. I was like, why? Why are you asking me what's my name? You know? And then she just looked at me. And she goes, do you want to work here? Like, that's what I, I, I always wanted to become a Mac girl. And it was just kind of like. And even the people at the counter used to tell me, why don't you apply? And I'm like, no, I don't think I'm good enough. And it's funny how when something is yours, God would just bring it, you know? And I was like, I would love to work here. And that's how it started, working at Mac. And I fell in love with makeup. I learned. And I started sharing it on Instagram. I did it because I loved it. I wanted to inspire and be inspired by others. And that's what pushed me to just be better because I started taking pictures of my makeups. I started seeing how it looked. I was more detailed, and that's how I grew. So you just learned on the job? Oh, yeah. You never went to beauty school? No, 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 no. Mm -mm. you watching YouTube videos and, go and working on my cosmetics. Mm -hmm. And then when did you start making videos? I started making videos like 2008, and I'm so mad that I deleted those videos because you would have laugh. I started making videos and you could hear like all my family in the background, like everybody screaming and I'm in there like, this is what you used to put mascara. Like I didn't even know the name of stuff. I used to use bronzer as a foundation. Like it was, <laughs> I wish that I didn't delete those videos. Why did you delete them? Because I was embarrassed. Because at the moment I didn't know who I was yet. I was embarrassed of my accent. I used to be judged for my accent. So I would try to talk more proper, but I can't talk proper. It's just like, this is me. Like you see all this action. I can't be like, like stealing, like, eh, no, no, no. So I was embarrassed and I deleted them. Who made you feel bad about your accent? People. Because I was different. And also Stockton. Stockton, it's, um, well, not now, but maybe like before people were more close minded. Like, how you black and you speak Spanish? That don't make no sense. So I used to be like, I don't know. I didn't understand. So I used to just be like, well, yeah. And I remember I wanted to be Mexican. That was my thing. I, was, I wanted to be Mexican, so I used to hang out with a bunch of uh, Mexicanos, and I love them. I have my nieces are Mexican and everything. I, I'm a little Mexican. But um, I used to be like, I'm Mexican, because I didn't want to deal with the questions. So there was clarity around being Mexican? Yeah. <laughs> because everybody over there is like almost Mexican. So for me, I was like, okay, I'm Mexican. I speak Spanish, I'm Mexican. And were you embraced by the other black girls? No. I used to be bullied. So that's why. Because I'm like, if the ones that look like me don't even like me so why would i even you know so no i was bullied they used to pull my hair and it was horrible yeah mm -hmm. okay so you're working at mac mm -hmm. and when's the moment when all of a sudden it becomes real to you where it goes from being a thing you're doing on the side to being like what caught people's attention well when i show who i was when i show my personality because i remember clearly that People are like, oh, I really like your makeup. And then when Instagram video came out, remember, I don't know if you, 15 seconds videos. I made my first video talking about all that Instagram. People were like, wait, what are you? So that's where it started. And then I was like, oh. But in there wasn't a job then. I used to not make money out of it. It was just I do it for fun. So talk me through the process of how it goes from being something you do for fun to being something that you make money doing. 
like when companies started reaching out and like, hey, we want to pay you to promote this, da 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 da. I'd be like, wait, you want to pay me to promote your product? Like, I already love your product. What? Like, it, that's when it kind of like, like I, it just fell on my lap. So how many years into doing it? I've been doing this since started. How long Instagram been around? Seven years. Yeah, and I started making money. It's gonna be three years. So the first three, it was struggle. People think I moved to LA. Um, I moved to LA to a little like how do you call it? Little studio, studio. five hundred square feet. There was cockroaches. There were mouse. There was everything, and I had four hundred thousand people on Instagram. People thinking they what you got whatever you know it's the it we make it look like that but i'm like nah i come from the struggle and kind of build myself up for where i'm at now so yeah okay mm-hmm. so you're in your studio mm-hmm. how'd you learn to make those videos i just google and youtube i bought a camera and i was like we're gonna do this i bought a computer and i was working on mac at that moment and i was kind of getting tired of it i remember i used to be like i'm done being a, that and then in a moment in my life that's all I wanted to become a mad girl but you know you need change so I was like I'm done I don't want to work retail anymore I'm like God what you want me to do because I can't do this anymore and I remember praying to God and just being like God just guide me where you where what, what's next I know that I don't have 400,000 people on Instagram for no reason I know there's something bigger here and I started praying and nothing will come and one time I remember getting ready to go to work on Mac and it was the worst shift, the one that I hated. From 3 o'clock to 9 o'clock, closing. I hated closing. Ugh. Because my day was gone. So I remember, I'm getting ready in the mirror, putting my eyeshadow on, and I'm crying. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And God told me, put your two weeks in. And I was like, wait a minute. No. I was thinking that I was, I will know when I will hear that, that I will be like, yes, this time. No. It was more like, what? No. Hold on. So I remember I, I was like, okay, God, I, I, don't, I don't know. And I went to work, and I told my manager. And I'm like, I'm putting my two weeks in. And she was so excited. She was like, it's got, everything's going to be fine. And I was like, I don't know. Everything. But that was the moment that I stepped on faith, and I trust them. And things just started happening. So if I never would have quit Mac out of fear and I was stepping in faith, I would still be working at Mac. You left the job, and, and you stepped into faith. Mm-hmm. What did that look like? Scary. It's like you're diving into it. You don't know what you see. Because I'm like, God, I'm trusting you. I don't see what's going on, but I trust you. And doors started opening. But that was after like eight months of me quitting Mac. Like I never miss a meal. I never miss my rent. My rent was like $800 at that time. He always provided. Was I comfortable? No. But I never miss anything. And how did things become secure? When I signed with my management now, with Eric, yeah. Like, the way that he takes care of the team and everything, he goes hard for us. And I love that. So what does that look like? It's fun. It's just like, you know, companies reach out. And then we love having a relationship with the companies. That's what's something that I'm very passionate about. I need to like the product before I talk about it. Because people know me from being real and if I don't like something. So we need to have a relationship with the company before we even put it out there. It's fun. Like, my job is to play with makeup, put it on, and show it for you guys. And I get paid for it. Mm-hmm. Is there a part of you that's like this? This gig's gonna end one day. Yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking about that lately. 
But that's, again, where my faith comes in. And I know that God is going to just another, if it's another route, he's going to have me covered. I think about it because I see it happening, how YouTube has changed the beauty community and Instagram. So it's kind of like, but fear don't come from God. So I, I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. God got me. Well, I think a lot of, I don't know if you saw that recently it came out that Facebook was inflating its video view numbers. And I think about, for those of us who are content creators, mm-hmm. how much we're at the mercy of these platforms mm-hmm. that we don't own. Mm-mm. We don't own YouTube. We don't own Instagram. They could disappear tomorrow. Like this. And then. We're done. Yeah. Or we learn to migrate ourselves over to the next. I know. I'm like, what's going to be the next thing? But it's just what it's showing now. It's how much control they're having over us. And I don't like that. I that's one of the parts that I hate about this industry that I'm in is the control they have over us now. And I hate that because I don't have I don't like people having control over me. What are some of the ways that being Latina influence your work? The way I am, like I wouldn't change that for anything. Like my personality, how I carry myself. I'm very outspoken. You know, I might might be English, Spanish twisted. You know, I don't even know what I'm trying to say half the time, but I make up words. Um, It's just me. Like I love being me because I didn't know that before. I didn't didn't appreciate and love who I was before. And now that I'm learning that, it's such a beautiful thing. I'm just going to let you guys know right quick. Every time I'm going to do tutorials, um, I'm going to be in a rope and a towel because that means that I took a shower and I don't feel like doing my hair into the end. I don't even know why I'm giving you guys this explanation. I have a hair towel and that's it. Si no te gusta, you know what to do. When did you learn the term Afro-Latina? I learned the term Afro-Latina when I made my first um, Instagram video. Somebody pointed it out and I was like, oh, I'm Afro-Latina. And then I reached out, I'm like, Afro-Latina. And that's why I've been saying it forever, I'm Afro-Latina. And did that, like, feel right to you? Yes. Yes, because I was never good enough to just be Latina. Why? Because I'm dark-skinned. Because people's not used to seeing that. Now it's, like, more open, and I love that. So before that, I'm like, I'm I'm just Latina. But they were like, you're Latina? But, like, why are you black? (laughs) What's the feedback you get from other Latinas and from other Afro-Latinas? The only one that I have right now is Monica. That's my that's my baby right there. So we're really, really close. Um, I know Afro-Latinos in the in- industry, but Latina, another one, um, like in the beauty space. Oh, my gosh. Don't kill me if I say this. No, no. Again. I mean more like your um, your followers. Oh, no, they love it because they see themselves in me. They're like, I don't have to hide anymore. I could be myself and I'm okay with that because the way you carry yourself, the way you are. So I love that. You know, I never thought that I was going to impact so many people, you know, and I didn't think even me growing up, I didn't think that it was a problem not having Afro Latinas out there. And now that I'm older, I see it because that one I see novelas from back then because I'm into it on Netflix watching novelas from back then. I'm like, there's no black people in here. And we were OK with that. Like we are brainwashed to think that that's OK. It's not OK. So now if there's no black cast, we're watching. We are supporting. No, 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 no. They better get it together. Mm hmm. Most of your work on your channel is very fun and very funny and the person that I have in front of me, which Mm -hmm. is why I was sort of stopped in my tracks by one of the videos you did that got a lot of attention, which was Uh about... (laughs) Uh There's a lot of those. (laughs) Well, the one that stood out to me was the one about disordered eating. Oh, yeah. And about diet pills. Yeah. How did you know you had a problem? When I almost died. But I I kept on doing it. Because... Well, that's one of the things. Moving to LA, you feel like you gotta be little and skinny. 
I'm not built like that. I came to the conclusion that I'm not built like that. And I love food. I love eating. Um, but I just had to do it until like my mom came and she took care of me and she found them again and she was like, don't call me again if you're dying because I'm not going to, you know, all that. But So how young were you when you started trying to control your weight? All my life. All my life, it's it's been a struggle. And even when I've been at my smallest, I always feel big. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so huge. I, I can't. But, like, now that I'm learning to love myself, I don't care. This is me. And I'm, I'm, am I going to be healthier not for myself? Of course, but not doing it for nobody else. When you say you almost died, mm-hmm. what happened? Um, I was at work and I got sick. I got the flu and I was taking the diet pills and those diet pills, you can't mix it with anything, but I forgot. And I remember coming back from work and at Uber and I told the Uber, I'm going to fall asleep back here. And I fell asleep in the Uber. I get into my little studio and I faint. I don't remember nothing after that. Then I wake up back again, thirsty at one in the morning. Um, and I crawl myself to the kitchen to go get water. And um, I called the ambulance. And thank God the hospital was across the street from my little place. And they gave me like seven, like eight, seven IVs because I was so dehydrated. And the doctor told me, like, if you would have came, you probably would have died. And that's when he he was like, do you do drugs? And I was like, no. And then he asked me again, do you do drugs? I said, I don't do drugs. And I started crying because I felt attacked. And he's like, you know, I took your blood, right? Like, you know, and it showed that I have meth in my blood. It was, it was. Meth? Yeah. Yeah, those pills have meth in there. Because Where were you getting these pills from? This illegal place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they make you lose weight. Like, I, I was used to losing 30 pounds in a month. But I got side effects from that. Like, now when I get the sweating attacks, everything is from that. I used to not have that before. I start panicking. So there's still residual effects. Oh, yeah. Panicking, uh, shaking is from those pills. Yeah, because I felt like I couldn't lose weight without those. So when I first lost my five pounds, it was so emotional for me because I was like, I did it without the pills. And I was like, I can't, I'm not going to be able to lose weight without these pills. Like, I need these pills to, I became an addict. Like, if I was running low, go get more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why did you decide to share that story? Because um, social media could be such a fake place. You know, everybody's trying to project this perfect life. No one's life is perfect. I was always hiding. I don't hide nothing. I tell people what it is. That, I never share it because I didn't want to know what I didn't know. So that, I was like, I need to talk about this because there's so many people trying to portray this social media body. We got to be perfect. You know, we're not like that. We're not perfect. And it's okay to not be perfect. So I felt like I needed to share that. For my sake and for a lot of people who was struggling with that. And when I was reading the comments when I first posted the video, it was so, I couldn't stop crying. It was so touching. When people were telling me their stories, I was like, and then that moment, that's when you realize, wow, I should have done it sooner. That's when you realize, I'm not the only one dealing with this. There's so many people dealing with it. So, yeah, I needed to share it. How'd you pull yourself out of it? God did. Not me. I was to get on my knees and pray. I feel like I, in, in life, you need to have one bad relationship because that's what, you need to be heartbreak. I never had that before. So I went through it and it was, it was horrible. What did you learn from that bad relationship? Love myself, know my worth, and not settle. Not settle. 
I needed to love myself first and put myself first before anybody else. So for a girl who used to hang out in her mother's garage, mm-hmm. <laughs> not working yeah. while her mother worked, yeah. what does she think about your success now? She's so proud of me. She, oh my gosh, that's a baby that gives me like, huh. My mom is proud of me. I love that lady so much. Oh my goodness. My mom is amazing. She just she supports me and everything. She never judged me. She's proud of me. And that's what makes me happy. Like my dream of everything is buying her a house before I buy one. And I know that's going to come. Hopefully next year I'm praying about it. Is getting her that my mom it's like my motivation because i see how how hard she worked and how everything that she did and how she brought us here for a better future for us and everything um she sacrificed her life for us for me and my little brother so she's proud it is thank you so much no thank you this was so much fun (laughs) thank you If you love Latina to Latina and want to support the show, it's as easy as listening on Radio Public, a free, super easy app that works on iPhones and Android. It helps fans find and show love for podcasts like ours. When you listen to Latina to Latina on Radio Public, we earn a little bit with every episode you hear. We put a link in the show notes, so all you have to do is click. Thanks for listening and loving us. Thanks for joining us today. Latina to Latina was originally co-created with Bustle. Now the podcast is executive produced by Juleka Lentigua-Williams and me. Amita Ganatra was the sound designer on this episode. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. Send us ideas for guests or talk to us about what's on your mind right now. Remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. And please leave a review. We love hearing from you.